Whoa. That was loud. Got it. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, back to Good Muscle Hustle Radio. Um, I've got Eric Benjamin, PA, with us today. Um, give them just a little uh, quick about you um, and what you're doing right now and like the people you work with and kind of that whole overview real fast. All right. So as Alex said, I'm Eric Benjamin. I'm a PA. I work at a uh, internal medicine kind of family health clinic. Um, we see everybody from 13 years old on up. Um, we do a lot of chronic disease checkups where we see people every three months for diabetes, um, high blood pressure, um, obesity, um, just all kinds of things really. And then, um, we also do yearly checkups for everybody. Um, you know, we send them to the right specialists and all that. So we're kind of seeing everything, um, a general population. It's a very diverse area where I'm at. So we're in the DC area. So, you know, we see it all out here. Um, but yeah, I've been doing that now for three years. So awesome. Awesome. Yep. Um, so the kind of the direction we're going to take with this podcast in general is more onto the diabetes side of things and kind of discuss as much into that without going too deep into the weeds of it. And we'll kind of wrap through, we'll kind of see where the conversation goes, but we'll kind of wrap through and see if, you know, we can talk about, uh, diabetes itself and then how, people can begin to um, improve um, not only their lives, but if they do have either, you know, coming close to it or actually do have diabetes too, how they can um, improve that and potentially like take it away. Sounds so good. with, uh, let's start with um, what brings about type two diabetes or how does it kind of, how does that happen for people? So um, type 2 diabetes, um, there is a genetic component to it, but basically what happens is um, it's a metabolic disorder. Um, it comes about by eating way too many carbohydrates, which we do here in the U.S., and not exercising. So um, there's an obesity component to it. Um, what we have found is that fat tissue actually releases hormones and um, other chemicals that are not good for you. And what happens is you be become insulin resistant to where um, type one diabetes, your pancreas doesn't work at all. Type two diabetes, your pancreas is still working, producing insulin, which is used to bring blood sugar into the cells. So you're still doing that, but now your cells don't care that you release insulin and they leave blood sugar out there. And um, the other thing is you're releasing so much insulin all the time because you're drinking sodas or we're just eating carbs. So your body just becomes less uh, sensitive to it. And your beta cells in the, in the pancreas that release insulin, sometimes they don't work as well either. So there's two things going on there that usually cause diabetes. So you kind of touched on it already. 
um, like the difference between type one and type two. Type one is something that people are just born with, like this, the pancreas doesn't work at all. Yeah, so they are, so usually it happens in childhood and it's an autoimmune thing. For some reason, your body produces antibodies against those cells in the pancreas that make insulin and it just attacks them and kills them all and they quit working completely. So no insulin at all anymore. Okay, and then type two is... There's a genetic component to it, but essentially it's more so just the, the, the lifestyle that we have. It is a lifestyle illness, really, to be honest. Um, there, there is a genetic component. Like if your parents have type two diabetes, you're more apt to get it, but it doesn't mean you're going to get it. It's, it is a lifestyle situation. You can completely, um, cure yourself of type two diabetes. So let's, let's go off of that and kind of go into um, the details of essentially what roles uh, or role does insulin play and how that kind of in turn um, goes into diabetes. So what, what does, I guess, to rephrase the question, what does insulin do? So when you eat, um, your blood sugar goes up. Even if you eat a healthy meal, it's just your blood sugar goes up and you have to absorb that into your cells of your body because we use sugar, glucose for energy. So you eat sugar, you have sensors, kind of like a car, and it tells your pancreas we need to release insulin. So you release insulin to make it simple. Um, insulin fits into this little uh, uh, spot in the cell. And when it fits into that um, spot, the uh, doors basically open and they can suck in all the sugars out of the bloodstream. You don't want to leave it out there. So that's what insulin does. It tells the cells to take in blood sugar and remove it from the bloodstream. And then once it takes it in, it can use it for energy and do its stuff. But, um, you know, if you don't have insulin, you just leave blood sugar in the bloodstream. So what... uh... What are the effects or the, the side effects of blood sugar or blood or sorry, sugar being in the blood if insulin isn't working and it's just kind of floating around? So with high blood sugar, um, a lot of times uh, you won't have any symptoms for a while, but um, you get really thirsty. Uh, so you're drinking a lot more. You're going to be peeing a lot more. Um, you can kind of just feel sluggish and not you just don't feel so good. Um, you know, but a lot of times when I find that somebody has diabetes, like I diagnose them with that by doing some blood work, um, they don't even know. Um, there's a spectrum of that. Sometimes usually they don't even know, but on the other end, I've had a guy come in and he wrote down a list of all these things that were bothering him. He was going to the bathroom all the time. He had headaches. He was tired. He was dizzy. Um, he just didn't feel himself. And I'm like, Sounds like you have diabetes and his blood sugars were through the roof. Um, so, yeah, but you don't, so, but usually you don't even know. Wow. Yep. And so left, left untreated or you don't do anything about um, type two and you kind of leave sugar in the bloodstream for however long, what are some of those negative side effects from 
Yeah. So um, when you don't treat it, um, your blood sugars can go up. You know, so normally your blood sugar levels, if you get a blood test, your fasting blood sugar should be from like 70 to 99. So um, I've seen people end up in the ER because their blood sugar goes up to like 1200. And um, they basically lose consciousness. Yeah. So they, um, you know, you can get sweaty and feel weird and lose consciousness. The, the reason for that is so you have all this blood sugar out there but you're not able to pull it into the cells. So your cells don't have any food. So like brain cells uh, mm. and every other cell in the body have no energy source anymore because you're, you're either not producing insulin or your body's not sensitive. So the blood sugar is just sitting in the bloodstream and you're freaking pass out because you have no energy at all. Wow. Yep. And uh, having sugar in the blood can kind of um deteriorate or or affect uh nerves and i know like uh swelling of the limbs and potentially like losing limbs as well is that right yeah so um the long long term high sugars um there's a bunch of chemical reactions that happen that we don't need to go into but um it basically puts a lot of pressure so you're your cells, if your blood sugar is high and you're able to um, suck that blood sugar into your cells, you know, back in high school biology, you learned that we use ATP for energy. So you're actually able to make tons of ATP. And what happens is there's so much blood sugar out there and you're using oxygen to process it you end up with this reactive oxygen species just out there in, in your body. And oxygen is very reactive. It starts to destroy things. Um, it, it can uh, change the molecular composition. There's a lot of biochemistry in there that we can skip over. But basically, like the tiny little things will be the first to be damaged. The little nerve endings, the tiny little blood vessels. And that's why diabetics, if it's uncontrolled, will lose feeling in their feet because their nerves start to die. Um, the other thing is that uh, with that high blood sugar, your mitochondria are the ones that part. Remember, mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. Mm -hmm. um, they actually process all that sugar. Well, they are over processing and all that reactive oxygen destroys them. And so mm -hmm. now you have mitochondria that aren't able to do their job and your, your nerve cells just start to die. The other thing is you get a thickening in the body. So it's an inflammatory thing. Sugar is very inflammatory. Um, it's terrible for you actually. So it will start to um, thicken your blood vessels everywhere. And so heart disease, heart attacks, strokes, all that stuff is more common in diabetics because of that um, inflammatory process that's happening because all this extra sugar everywhere. Uh, it's just terrible. If you don't control it, it is it's actually easier nowadays to live with HIV than it is wow. to be diabetic. HIV, you take a pill a day and you can get your viral load to zero towards like you don't even have it. But diabetics, you have to work on your diet. You have to take medication sometimes and you, you just, it's hard, you know, and if they don't control it, I've seen, I've actually seen a guy come into the clinic and he's like, his toe smelled. And he was very unhealthy. Also. 
alcohol. He was also a smoker and he took his big toe and spun it all the way around. Wasn't even attached anymore. Holy cow. And I'm like, bro, <laughs> what is going on? And it stunk, obviously, because it didn't it obviously just, didn't have a blood supply anymore. Yeah, it's just dying. So the guys said you have to go to the hospital. Like wow. his toe was removed, obviously, but <laughs> that is at its worst. That's why people will get toes amputated, legs amputated, because basically the cells just die with all that extra blood sugar. So over, over time, essentially, would you say like with diabetes too, if someone doesn't take even, you know, the smallest little things to improve it, it can, um, shorten your life and, and, and make just like your life kind of harder overall yeah, for so, however long you do live. Yeah. I, I always tell people, I don't feel like it's my job to make them live longer. I just want them to enjoy the time they have because when it's our time, it's our time and we're going to go. So yeah. with diabetes, if it's uncontrolled, their life's going to be pretty terrible. They're going to have a lot of pain, um, yeah. blindness, kidney failure, strokes, heart attacks. And then you got to live with all those, um, all those problems, all those issues. It's not a good life. Um, you know, just if your feet always feel like they're on fire, I mean, that's terrible, you know? And, um, and then if you go, if you have a stroke and lose some abilities, you yeah. know, you got to live with that. So uncontrolled diabetes, you first, I always tell people you're for sure headed for, a not so enjoyable life if you do not control it. So, you know, I try to make it as scary as possible so they know what they're in for so that they will make an effort because yeah. um, you can cure yourself of this and get off all your meds. I've had that happen too. Yeah. So off of that, like, let's go into kind of like what helps type two, um, what can people do and, and, and again, again like it's not insanely hard right right so let's 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 dive into like how we can begin yeah if, so, if you're at that point you gotta you know take it one step at a time but um if you look big picture if you look from you know a thousand feet up diet control and exercise and the reason for that is less carbohydrates and sugars and exercise, you use a lot of energy when you exercise, so you suck up a lot more sugar. So just exercise alone. If you take a walk, instead of sitting on the couch, you will burn up a lot more sugar, and that alone will make your blood sugars come down. And then, um, of course, not consuming as much sugar also. So you have to start looking. You have to start not just counting calories, but counting um, carbohydrate calories and eat more complex carbs. Um, normally if somebody comes in and, um, we haven't gotten into A1C or anything, but if their A1C is really high, like too high, and it's like, we got to do something now and you need to start lifestyle changes. I'll start them on medication to help lower their blood sugar. Um, it basically, the medication will help their pancreas work better and help them be more sensitive to insulin so that they can remove some blood sugars. And then they have to you have to start exercising and watching your diet. So with, with medication, if, if someone were to be on some kind of 
uh, protocol for medication, but they didn't do anything else, like no diet or anything. What would, I guess, what would the, the improvements be and would they be even lasting or what would that look like? Maybe like just kind of a better, better yeah, life? So we have really good medications out there now. Um, the problem with the really good and newer ones is they're very expensive. So some insurances will not cover them. And they're about $1,500 a month if you were to pay out of pocket. Wow. No one really can afford that. So um, you can, though, with medication alone, we can really get those blood sugars way down. But every medication has side effects. So then they got to deal with side effects of medications. A lot of times it's like, GI distress, like diarrhea, just, you know, they're never really feeling that great. Um, it also can have an effect on kidney function over time. So you got to watch that. Some of these medications can make their blood sugar too low. And it's just hard to, depending on how they're eating, it's hard to maintain it. So it's going too high and too low. Um, it is easier. It's, I mean, it's not easier for the person, but it's easier to maintain a level blood sugar with regular exercise and diet control than it is with medications. Um, but I do have people that just don't do anything else besides take meds and we can get things under control, but they're usually their overall health is not as good as somebody that includes diet and exercise. Got it. Yep. Um, okay. Let's see what else I've got on here. Besides um, medication and improving diet and adding exercise, are there any other things that you've seen help people besides that? Or is that kind of the general, like, this is what it is. Like, you got you to gotta address the nutrition side. You got to add a little bit of exercise. And that's... that's I mean, about. yeah, the really the main thing with when, when I, when I diagnose somebody with diabetes, you know, sometimes it takes a little bit for it to click because it's really a, and I tell this to everybody diabetic or not, it is a, it's a life change. You need to change your life outlook and you need to, if you want to be a healthy person, that's the first step. You have to just say, I want to be healthy. I don't want to just go to work and go home and not do, you know, right. so your if your life is just work and that's where you get all your importance from, you're not really going to care about your health. I mean, that's what I see in the, my, my patients. But if you're like, well, I want to enjoy my grandkids. I want to enjoy life. I want to be able to ride, you know, my bike or do whatever. Um, you have to make that switch in your head. You have to, make that switch and look at food differently, look at exercise differently and treat it like a lifestyle change. I'm not, I hate the word diet. Um, and I don't like people to say, I'm going to get on this new diet because it won't last. You have to do something that will last. And the exercise you do has to be something you enjoy or you're not going to do it. So um, the, I think more important than anything else is to make that switch in your mind to decide, okay, I want to be a healthy person because I want to enjoy my life more. And then from there, yes, if you need uh, the, what we will do medically is we will do medication and it will help a lot, 
but diet and exercise is really the most important thing if you want to be fully healthy person. Because the other thing is, um, you know, we're a biological body. Your body's always rebuilding its parts from bones to brain cells to everything. It's always rebuilding. Um, so for your bones, for example, which include your joints, they break to every day. You're, you have cells that break down bone and then build it right back up. So that's how you maintain um, calcium levels and stuff like that. If you sit on the, if you go to work and sit all day and then you come home and, and eat and sit on the couch and watch TV uh, every day, you do not stress the bones out and they actually grow thinner and thinner. Um, the density of your bones gets less and less, which osteoporosis in the long run. But um, the same with your joints, your joints will break down faster and, and all that. So if you don't use the body for movement, cause that's what it is actually made for. Everything starts to break down and it's the same in your, with your brain. I've seen people retire and they're like, Oh my gosh, I finally retired. I can just sit in my lazy boy and watch TV the rest of my life. If they actually do that, they decline mentally and physically very quickly. Um, people that stay active, that volunteer, that will like take free college courses um, and just, you know, they're out like doing little hikes and exercise and stuff like that. Like I see young 80 year old people. There's an old 80 year old and there's a young 80 year old. And the people that are staying active in things, um, they're a young 80 year old. I mean, they look better than a lot of 60 year olds, you know. Um, so it's all these are choices we have to make. And the thing is is like start small you know i'm always telling people yeah. if you can only walk around the block after work because you're winded after that then that's where you start and you just do that for starters and you just build upon that you know yeah it's uh it's like you, you don't use it you lose it <clears throat> yeah it's it's yeah. very true yeah, and sometimes I, people will say, "Oh, my knee hurts, so I'm not going to run anymore." Okay, well, stop running, but you got to do something else. Yeah, like you will slowly. I mean, injuries are terrible, you know, yeah. because you have a very active. It's a lot of times you see a very active person that blows out a knee or has a disc in the back that ruptured or something, and it takes them out, which it will. You have to rest for a while. But then they never get back into exercise. And that's, I think, you know, a trainer like yourself or a good physical therapist to get them back into exercise and then um, find exercise that's good for them to do. Because once we stop doing that, man, yeah, things goes. go downhill. Yeah. Uh, I, I liked what you said earlier um, about the like the identity side of things of like, and, it, and essentially like, I think two big components of like identity and your why. So, you know, when someone, when this happens or, you know, they get to this point, whether, you know, I think I feel like a lot of times it's obviously their habits and their lifestyle led to this, but it's also, you know, they don't intend to like have diabetes too, you know, or they're not necessarily conscious of like, I'm going to give myself diabetes too, you know, and they get to this point and depending on, you know, how long this, this runway was, um, we tend to identify whether it's conscious or unconscious as something, 
you know, yep. and then however we do identify our habits align with that. So I like what you said, like being able to say, you know, like I want to be a healthy person and then working on actually identifying as a healthy person. And then, and then, and then you can kind of lead that into like, okay, well, what does a healthy person do? Yep. And a healthy person would, you know, whatever, walk more, eat better and all those other things. And then you can kind of see or bring awareness to like, this is the kind of person I want to be. These are the habits that create that person. Cause I think people miss that part. Like they'll come see you and it's like, Hey, just fix me. Yeah. It's like, well, <laughs> yeah, you know, there's, there's a lot of like up here that needs to happen in order to create, like you said, like the lifestyle change itself. Yeah. Um, so I, I like that. And then it kind of goes into your why, like, you know, I'm sure you've seen fairly young people coming on to like, you know, either having diabetes to yeah. or almost there. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, we want to do shit still. I yeah. think a lot, you know, a lot of people work through the twenties and thirties, and then, you know, they have some kids and stuff, but they never really get to do anything. And they have this like, Oh, I want to go do some stuff eventually. But if you, if you get to this point where you have, you know, these health problems and, and there's, and you, you don't have yeah. a plan to address them, then, you know, going on trips and like going on hikes and shit like that becomes unrealistic. So understanding also like, why, do you want to be healthier? Like what, how will that change your life? Like yeah. what, what, what will the next five years look like if you do make a change? And I think like you said, like those two things are super important for people to yep. think about. It is. It is. It's very important. And the sad thing with my profession is that I get 15 minutes per patient usually. So um, half an hour at the most, if it's a, like a yearly full physical and everything, but uh, 15 minutes every three months is not enough nice. yeah. for me to help them make choices and changes and, and mindset. So I do my best to talk to them about that, but then it's like me handing them off to somebody like yourself to where mm -hmm. you can actually work with them on a weekly, daily, monthly yeah. basis. Um, because once again, sad to say insurance will only let them see me like, every three months to do new labs and stuff. Um, and it's just not enough. You know, I'll take, I'll, I'll go over their lab results with them and say, Oh man, your A1C is still high. And like, what are you doing? And, and most people don't, um, you know, most people don't track their nutritional right. stuff, you know? And so I try to tell them to do that. And it's, I, but I see it once somebody makes that switch, like you're talking about, and they have a reason and the motivation. I, I like, I want to be healthy. I want to get off these meds. Um, that is so important, you know? Yeah. Um, we get so caught up us adults into our jobs yeah. and that is our identity, you know? And so, especially I'm in the DC area, there's a lot of stressful jobs up here and people just go to work there's a ton of traffic up here. They drive home. So it's like a 12 hour day and then they get home. They don't want to yeah. they don't want to do anything. They're tired. And I get that. I'm tired sometimes too after work, but 
Um, and some days I do have to force myself to go to the gym, but I know I'm going to feel better after I go to the gym. Yeah. So I don't know. It's that mindset though. If you don't have it, it's just like smoking. And I know I'm yeah. rambling here, but <laughs> there's medications to help you stop smoking. But I always tell people, I'm not going to give you these meds until you are ready. And you tell me I am ready to stop smoking. I really want to stop. And once they do that, then I'll do the meds. Now, I don't do that with diabetes because we got to get their blood sugars down because, yeah. you know, <laughs> we can easily get their blood sugars down with meds. But you got to make that switch in your mind. Yeah, it's um, have you have you read the book Atomic Habits? No, it's a good one. It's a good one. But he, he has a thing on there on um, it's along the lines of, of the identity idea. Yeah. And he does have uh, like a. Uh, an example of smokers and he sets up the scenario of like, all right, there's two people that um, are trying to quit. And you ask, you ask person one, you know, do you want a cigarette? And they say, Oh no, I'm trying to quit. And then you ask person two and they say, Oh no, I'm not a smoker. Who's going to see this longer term or, you know, maybe never smoke again, probably person two, more yeah. likely because they no longer even identify as a smoker while the other person is still identifies inside as a smoker, but they're like yeah. trying to quit. So that's, that's super important. That's like a big, even for like all my recent coaching stuff is like a huge pillar now. Cause I like, obviously in the health and fitness space, like nutrition and exercise, obviously like, yes, that's yeah. important, but being able to touch in on the identity and the why creates, I think, a much more emotional reason. And yeah. we're, we're emotional people. And if, yeah. we're there, if there's no emotional tie-in to anything and it's just surface level, like, well, I just want to, you know, be skinny for summer or whatever, then yeah. most of the time, from my experience anyways, like people either don't reach their goal because they're, you know, they're, they're looking for this motivation when, you know, motivation is fleeting and it's never going to be the same. But if you have this identity change and you have a very important emotional, why people, you know, push through those days where there is no motivation and they see a lot more of this lifestyle change than just like, a, I just want to, you know, lose 10 pounds or whatever. Cause it's, yeah, it's very true. Yeah. You know, people will, um, you know, with everything, people will see themselves as a, a cancer pay. I have cancer or they will see themselves yeah. as a survivor. And there is a definite mind body connection with everything. Um, yes. from, you know, stomach issues to cancer. Um, but if somebody with diabetes, if they say, well, I'm a diabetic, versus I am yes. a healthy person and I'm a beat diabetes. That's a totally mm. different mindset. And if yeah. you change your mind, you can change your life. And I know you and I have both seen that in our lives. If you decide yeah. this is who I am going to be and I'm leaving that behind, you got to change your mind to change your life. And it does work, but sometimes um, it's okay to fake it till you make it, I guess. Sometimes yeah. if you're, like if you're overweight and you have diabetes and you say, I, that's not who I am anymore. And you just start telling yourself, 
I am not a diabetic. I am a healthy person. Don't even use the diabetic part of it. Just say, I am a healthy person. You tell yourself that every day you will start to change your mindset and um, the exercise, you know, I always tell people it's not going to be fun for the first month. You're going to be sore. You're not going to want to go, but after a month and you start seeing results, then you start to want to go because you started to form a new habit and you're, and it's good for you. So yeah. You're right. The wanting to get your beach body or just lose 10 pounds. Yeah. I mean, there's not meaning in that really, you yeah. know, there's not like life quality, life yeah. meaning in those things. Yeah. And then if you get there, you know, mentally, you're still, if yeah. you, you know, you're still unhappy. You're going to maintain it, yeah. <laughs> you know, and then, yeah, exactly. And then it goes into, it becomes like, a, all right, let's spend 90 days and I'm going to get here. And then yeah. I got there. Cool. And then it just goes right back in. So yeah. yeah. Being able to change that. And, you know, if you can tell yourself that, you know, you are a healthy person, like you said, every day, like though the habits that align with that phrase or that mentality start to happen. And then those yeah. combined lead into that, you know, that change in your life. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's important. You know, we don't always, you know, most clinicians, doctors, PAs, whatever, um, you know, because we're rushing through all these patients every day, we don't take the time to even have this discussion. We're just like, and I see no offense to uh, doctors out there, but um, I see a lot of them that don't even tell the patient why they're doing what they're doing they're just like okay your a1c is high here's what you're gonna they just write the script and they send them on their way they don't have the discussion about anything besides that and i know some people that have been doing this for a while we i mean even i i realize most people aren't going to make these life changes but um it's still our job to try to get them to do it but you know it's just the medical industry in the u.s has flaws, a lot of flaws. So um, sadly, but it's true. So, and I've tried to find, um, so where I live, there's a lot of, um, you know, hospitals and doctors, and it's pretty easy to get people into different places usually. Um, So I've looked for some, some medical weight loss programs. And uh, most of them are just um, like uh, drinks and stuff like that which is not yeah. a sustainable, yeah, I don't I like can, those. I honestly. can rant on that for like, yeah, hour. I don't, I am not a, a fan <laughs> of those. They're not sustainable. They're very expensive. Yeah. And um, yeah, they're get you to lose weight in three months or whatever, but then what are you going to do after that? You're going to yeah. go back to your old habits. So you're not producing those or making those healthy habits. Yeah. Um, there are some new medications out there for obesity, they're actually diabetic medications that work for obesity. They work really well. And I think using those in conjunction with lifestyle changes yeah. is going to be a game changer, like in the future, as those medicines are more and more covered. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. And I, I think like you were saying with like the health or the, the weight loss programs and stuff out there, like that's why like that fourth, cause like I base my stuff around, you know, three pillars, right? Like accountability, exercise, and nutrition. But as I've been having more discussions with people, I've been adding in basically this, this 
fourth pillar, which is the whole mental side of this, of like, we have to do something or if anything, bring awareness to what your self-talk is like, how you're identifying with yourself, um, the small habits that we can either take away or add in or both in combination to create what we're trying to, you know, this lifestyle change. And that I, in my opinion, is like the missing component to the health and fitness industry today. Yeah. It's so like, like you said, like you can do the whole shake thing and you'll spend, you know, 300 plus dollars a month on these things. And then, but there isn't any education behind why that stuff is working or like any of the habit stuff of like, you know, we should be consuming, you know, whatever, like calories, Mac, you know, you can go into all that stuff and like how to actually exercise, um, and make it and optimize that area, you know, not waste your time and stuff. And, you know, you go through that whole drink thing and like, yeah, people lose weight a lot of times and they'll lose a lot of weight, but because there's no habit change or anything else on that mental side, like you said, like, you know, you'll, you'll get your three months in and then people go back to what they were doing because they didn't learn anything besides, Oh, I just got to drink this thing. And then they gain most of the time. What happens is people, because they are on those shakes, whatever it is, like two or three shakes a day, it puts them in a pretty heavy deficit, you know, cause they're just drinking food. So yeah. there's not much calories in there. So people lose a lot of weight because they are in this deficit, but because there's nothing else involved, people end up losing a lot of muscle with that. And so mm-hmm. when they go back, they gain all that weight back and they usually gain all of it plus like another 10 to 15 pounds because now they have less muscle and muscle burns more energy at rest. So now now they're actually burning less energy and that's why they gain that 10 to 15 pounds. And then, you know, people go through the, through the whole cycle. And now they're like, Oh my God, I'm, I'm, I'm back to where I was. And now I'm heavier. And they, that's why these like trendy things keep happening, but there's no discussion around like, you know, there is habits that we need to address and, and yeah. build. And, and it's crazy. Cause like when we were talking about earlier, like the habits are small, you know, like small realistic things that people can do that are easy and they can start to do every single day can surprisingly produce a lot of great results yeah. and help the long-term gain. Like that's always like the big, the main discussion when I talk to people is like, look, even though this is essentially, you know, like a 90 day thing, people tend to train a lot longer than that, but it gives us, you know, enough time to lay the foundation so we can get the ball rolling. But, you know, at the end of the day, like we want to create a lifestyle change so that, mm-hmm. you know, they don't ever have to hire anybody else again. They can just right. realistically maintain a good health and a good life forever. Right. Yeah, if you do your job well, your patients or well, your your clients will graduate from you and not need you anymore. Yeah, exactly. Yep. But you always yeah. have more, so. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, um let's see. We kind of went off. That's off okay. That. I knew That's we all right. That was that was good though. That's good stuff. Yeah. Um so with 
let's see. Um, I guess, I mean, this wouldn't necessarily be, you know, too important for people worried about type two, but I, I think I was listening to either like a YouTube or a podcast or something about type one diabetes. Yeah. And so people with type one, they need insulin because they don't have it. So they need to eat and make sure they like, you know, put insulin in. So yep. insulin will do its job. Um, but even on with type one, like the importance of how like your systems work, like if someone that is type one doesn't take their insulin, they can eat a ton of food and not gain any weight, but they also have the sugar in their blood kind of like yep type two, right. Where it's just yep. like in there. And that can also, even though they they're skinny, they can also have like really negative side effects. Yeah. 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 So they, they have to use insulin. All the other medications won't work for them because they usually help the body produce insulin and help you right. be sensitive to insulin, but they just make no insulin anymore. So they have to use it. And with them, a lot of times they're using insulin pump which is very cool because it hooks to a glucometer that's in their skin and it will release insulin as needed. It's almost like a, a, a fake pancreas. And so um, it works to, to give them insulin. It keeps the blood sugars under pretty good control. And um, but they, you know, so with that, they can still get overweight Um it's less common. I have a ton of people with type two diabetes. I have one person right now with type one and, um, you know, he, he has a, uh, uh, insulin pump that he loads and he's a construction worker. He's very fit. Oh, wow. Yep. He's very fit. He exercises. So his a one C is great. But when I first saw him, um, he was like between insurances or something. He was trying to make his insulin last. So he wasn't giving himself enough. So his blood sugars were going up and up and up. And when I checked his A1C, it was really, really high. And I'm like, okay, we have to do something about this, you know, or he's going to have all those issues, you know, with, with high blood sugars. And, and once again, if your blood sugar is high, your cells don't have sugar. It's just floating around in your bloodstream. So right. that's why you can, you know, pass out. Um, go into a diabetic coma because um, your brain doesn't have any energy because the sugars aren't coming into the cells. But anyway, we got him back um, under control and, you know, he doesn't have any tingling in or, or pain in his toes or anything. And he's only like in his forties or something like that. So he's got a lot of life left in him yeah. and he can live just as long as anybody else and as good a life as anybody else, as long as he controls those blood sugars. So. But yeah, type one is uh, more of an autoimmune thing. That guy, it happened to him when he was a kid. And um, usually they won't know. They end up in the hospital, passed oh, out. Wow. Yep. Um, but yeah, they can tend to be skinnier because they're not absorbing sugars like they are. So yeah. another sign is your pee might even smell sweet because mm. you're eating out so wow. much sugar. Yeah. And it actually fries the kidneys though. It is not good for the kidneys, but I like a new patient will come in. He's an older guy or whatever, and hasn't been to the doctor in years just because, you know, people don't always go or they don't have yeah. insurance. 
we do a urine because we usually do urines on everybody and his freaking blood the, the the sugar content of his urine is super high and i'm like oh no Yikes. and then you know we'll see those fasting blood sugars like two or three hundred up there and so we got to control that but yeah, they used to actually old school doctors before we had all these tests and tools. They would taste the urine and <laughs> they could tell you had diabetes. Your urine was sweet. I don't do that. <laughs> uh, uh, so I have a question. Okay. So um, you know, let's say scenario someone has diabetes too and um, blood sugar is really high and they're going into, you know, like changing their diet a little bit. Um, what would you say or know if like, cause like a lot of times people say, you know, well, fruit is good for you, but if someone is in this, you know, type two diabetes mm-hmm. area, like what is your take on like fruit or is it kind of like dose dependent or does it depend on do they have to bring things back to a controlled point before they're just like can just eat fruit or what have you seen with that so fruit is um tied up in a lot of fiber so your body has to work to get that sugar out of it a little harder you got to be you know everything in moderation so if they're eating um they tell me in the morning they're eating like oatmeal with blueberries um you know and i'm like okay that's that's not bad oatmeal break that down into sugars right um the fruit yep you break that down into sugars too so um you know they need to add in more proteins um but the oatmeal with blueberries i'm not going to say you got to quit eating that um sugar cereal like fruit loops cut that out you know i would much because the carbs that are in breads, pastas, potatoes, um, any processed food that just you break that down, no problem. There's no fiber in it. So you just break it down quickly. Blood sugar goes way up really fast mm-hmm. where fruits, um, you have all that fiber and it's a slower burn, basically uh, okay. harder to get the sugars out of it. And there's so many macronutrients in fruits that I want them to eat fruit, but in moderation. Their blood sugar will go up when they eat fruit, but um, I would much rather them eat fruit than to eat chips, fruit loops, loops, cookies, you know, and that's the other thing is snacking. People are like, I eat so great, you know, and then I'm like, okay, what are your snacks look like? You know, chips, uh, Oreos, or whatever, they're just bad. And I'm like, you know, change that to like nuts or something like that, you know, pistachios or cashew, whatever, something better that will keep you fuller longer. Yeah. Um, You know, that's the other thing is those easy to burn carbohydrates. You just burn through them really quick. Uh, If you have something with a higher protein, it keeps you fuller longer. Um, So that's a good thing, too. But, you know, fruit overall, I like when people eat fruit is so good for you but in moderation. So, you know, serving size. Got it. Um, with on that kind of same topic of like fruit and stuff. Um, I know with, with food in general and like thinking about like macros as like pro, you know, proteins and fats, like if people can have, or, you know, prioritize a meal with 
because most of the time, you know, with the American diet, it's like a lot of carbs and then our proteins are, you know, either like bottom or if there is any, you know, with all the like pastries and chips and shit like that. Um, but if, if people can prioritize with like a protein source and like a good source of fat with whatever, you know, if they did have like rice or whatever with that meal, um, is it true that with those things combined in there, like a good protein source, a good fat source in that meal together, do we see blood sugar with a little bit more of like a level rise instead of just like saying they have like whatever, you know, like a quick carb and their blood sugar shoots. We have like a priority of like, okay, I got some protein, maybe like a little bit of avocado with it. And we see a little bit less of the spike and more of a level. Yeah, you won't see the spike as much. And like, um, surprisingly, some foods like a hamburger, you eat a hamburger with bread and everything like from McDonald's or wherever that will, your blood sugars spike like crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Cause those it's processed bread just break down real quick. And, you know, plus there's bad fats and everything in there too. But, um, yeah, if you eat avocado with some veggies, you got a lot of fiber tied into that. You got some good fats tied. So fats are hard to digest. And so your body digests them slower. And so it will slow down the whole process and your release fats, uh, um, calories slower, the sugar slower. Um, you know, and once again, everything in moderation, some people go nuts and will, yeah. you know, eat carrots <laughs> until their skin turns orange, but you know, everything in moderation, but yeah, you know, you have to, if a balance, that's what a balanced meal means. And that's where I don't have time in a 15 minute appointment right. to explain that, you know? And so I tell them, you need, you need to eat a balanced meal, but most people don't know what that means. Right. And that's, you know, we don't, those are things we should learn in school, you know, oh, yeah, and, for sure. Not freaking, you know, I'd never used geometry. I'm just saying. <laughs> Pythagorean I don't, I don't even remember it so. <laughs> so back on that question with in with what you know would, would it be more important to have more fiber in the meal for this level of blood sugar than like say the fats or the protein would yeah. it be more important for the fiber to be present for for blood sugar in general or is that kind of like a like you said, just a balance, like make sure there's a little bit here and a little bit here. Yeah, it is a balance, but fiber itself has so many other benefits like lower colon cancer, better, uh, better digestion. Cause we can't, uh, we can't break down plant fiber, the cell walls and plants, we, we can't digest them. So they just add bulk to our stools basically. Mm. But a lot of them, there's some soluble fibers that the body uses. It can lower your LDL cholesterol. It lowers your chances of cancers um, and it will slow down digestion, but fats and proteins will also do that too. So think about it like a, so a potato, for example, is just glucose molecules all hooked together. That whole potato is all glucose. It's all that's in it. And, um, you break that down, pure sugar, um, where a protein has, I mean, uh, we're not going to go into it right now, but it has, there's a 
It's a big molecule that makes up that protein with amino acids in it. It is really hard to turn that into a sugar. Your body will, you know, like if you just eat tons and tons of proteins, you will right. turn it into sugar, but it is very difficult. Your body won't just break it into sugar, absorb it, and then store it. That's what's happening when you eat carbs. You, we, If you only eat enough carbs and it equals your metabolism for the day, then you won't store anything. We eat way more carbs than that. So yeah. your body breaks it down. It goes straight into the bloodstream and then your body stores it wherever you store fat. So if it's in your butt, you're going to put more fat there. You're just going to break it down and store it. So that's where you got to watch those carbs. That's why carbs are good for you when you eat enough of them. But if you overeat carbs and you're just going to store it as fat. So back in the day when we were hunter gatherers and we didn't have stores, so if you happen to find a blueberry bush, we are programmed to eat as many carbs as possible. They're delicious. Yeah. Because back in the day, you would get on a, you'd see a blueberry bush or whatever, you would eat all of them. And then you would store it as fat. And that was good for you because you had to make it through the winter, you know, and all that. Now We don't need to do that anymore. Yeah. Now we just, everywhere, dude. <laughs> we eat whatever we want. And so we're still designed to love carbs but it works against us nowadays. Got it. Awesome. Yep. Cool. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's good. I think that is a good chunk Got right it. there. Good yeah. chunk of info. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot to break down and, you know, that's why people need the help of like your guidance to help them take it step by step because yeah when somebody is diagnosed with prediabetes or diabetes, they're just like, when you look at all the information out there about nutrition and diet, there's a lot of bad information out there. And the other hard part about it is everybody's a little different. Everybody's metabolism is a little different, but um, that's why somebody like you can help, you know, break it into bite size things that they can make one change at a time until if they do that for three, six, nine months, yeah. they're a whole different person because they've gotten all these little steps in line yeah. and now they're, they've become a healthy person. Absolutely. Which I think everybody wants to be, but it does take work. Like there is effort. People, yeah. Like when you were talking, it's like, it's easy when you break it into small steps, but it takes effort it takes work you have to make yourself sometimes go exercise because yeah you're tired after work you had a bad day or whatever the other thing about exercise though another tangent is (laughs) if you will get your heart rate up 30 45 minutes at a time that's not a starting goal but that's where i want people to get you start to release extra serotonin and that is a natural antidepressant Mm. so i have a ton of people on antidepressant medications and the, the the way they work is they increase serotonin levels in the brain but you can do that by exercising and i you know when i r- ride my bike for long periods of time i i'm i get to a point where I'm, when i'm on the bike where i hit that runner's high as they call it yeah that's high serotonin levels is what that is and you know it makes you feel good you're less stressed and the other thing is And this does go along with, you know, the high blood sugars and everything. So when we're stressed out at work 
or home or whatever, whatever causes us stress, you release stress hormones. So they're like steroids. It's cortisol. Right. Cortisol levels are made for fight or flight responses. So back in the day, if a bear was chasing you, you release cortisol, your blood sugar level went skyrocketed and you ran away from that bear or you fought the bear and won. So you just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hopefully or you're dead. But um, now we don't do that. So we are stressed all day at work. Our mm -hmm. cortisol levels are high. It uh, makes your, your immune system go down. It also, yeah. um, because you don't need your immune system while you're running or fighting. Right. So your immune system goes down. Your blood sugars go up. And you then go home and don't burn off that extra cortisol and blood sugar. And you have long-term health effects with that. So, Yeah. There's, um, I tell people that every day it's like, you have, I mean, you, if you want to feel good, not be so stressed out and so overweight, you have to exercise. It's not only good for lowering blood sugars and keeping your joints healthy and making you look physically good, but mentally it's so important, um, to burn off that extra stress hormone. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yep. Cool. So there you go. Right on. I love it. Um, well, thanks for coming on here and of course talking to everybody. Hopefully um, everybody gets, takes something from it. Um, yep. And then wherever I put this, it's probably going to go YouTube and uh, Spotify. So cool. if anyone has extra questions, just post them and then we can always do a round we'll two. Again. Yeah. 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 But we'll uh, answer all your questions. Yeah. Um, thanks again that and uh yeah. i think that was good that was good information good good you're gonna edit it down and all that stuff? i let me let me do